Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Louis van Gaal's army are off the mark and who else but Gareth Bale saves Wales again. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday the 22nd of November. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Well, we have had our first couple of days of World Cup action, two days down, and we're heading into day three. So let's take a look back at everything that happened yesterday, England's first day at the World Cup, and we got a big win. And Andy Brassel is actually out there in Doha. What's it been like since you got there, Andy? Um, It's been interesting, a bit surreal. It's kind Mm. of like a, a bit of a a sort of very sanitised football theme park, I, I suppose you, 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 might, you might describe it as. I watched the um, Senegal-Netherlands uh, game on a big screen on the Corniche uh, last night. And it's it's really unusual because Bian, who own the rights, are charging so much money for cafes and restaurants and what have you to see the games it's quite difficult to see the games anywhere so basically (laughs) i watched it on a big screen uh which didn't have any of the sound from the football on but played loads of banging music so it was like if you can imagine like watching the football on a massive screen at lloyd's in croydon if it didn't have a bar it was was lovely it it was a bit like that yeah 
Very odd, very odd. <laughs> and you're obviously doing this from um, your hotel room at the moment, and we've, mm. we lo- we do love a good recording from mm. a random place like home, which we're, uh, you know, we were all used to after lockdown. You've stuck your microphone in a tissue box. <laughs> <laughs> On Pete's advice. On Pete's yeah. advice. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's not my first rodeo. And now we've <laughs> like halfway through, we were sort of jamming bits of uh, kitchen roll and tissue into a cup. Uh, that didn't work. And now the cleaners just witnessing, you know, just a cup full of full of tissue paper. It's a bad look, Andy, it, and I'm it, enjoying it, it. It makes me look like a dreadful man, which I always dreadful do man. because I live I live like Crocodile Dundee in a hotel room anyway. You know, sort right, of like okay. set up camp in like one one corner of it. You know. <laughs> the, put put the me a big knife in the safe, obviously. <laughs> yeah. The cleaner's getting to know the real Andy Brassel yes. day, day two in Doha. Um, let's, uh, let's get stuck into yesterday's games then. And obviously because um, the team yesterday already went through England's 6-2 win over Iran, we're going to focus on the other two matches. USA 1, Wales 1 is where we begin with Gareth Bale. Of course it had to be Gareth Bale, the nit Pete to save yeah. the day for Wales again. Scores when he wants, said the commentator. Like, well, does he? Because <laughs> he was pretty shit for most of the match, as were most of the Wales uh, team. And I guess... I know Gareth Bale has to manage his minutes and manage his body, uh, but that looked like uh, it, it, it looked like a man, a broken man, <laughs> trying to deal with uh, a rather, uh, you know, a, a campaign that could be lengthier than, than his body can handle. It's like most people on um, Sunday mornings, you know, playing Sunday <laughs> yes. league, they get up and Vomit on the sideline. <laughs> bless him, he looked knackered. But th- that's what he can do, though, even when... He does look tired and leggy. He can still manage to rescue a goal like that from the penalty spot late on in the match to just get all those Wales fans that have gone out there, the goal that they were oh so desperate to see. I mean, they've waited for so long to be in a World Cup and they they got their goal on the opening game, Andy. But I think as Pete said, it was, they were, they were were disappointing, weren't they? Like the first half particularly, I thought they were, it looked pretty bad. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I've, I've heard it said uh, it's a game of two halves, etc. I, I, I thought the US were all over them for the first hour, to, to, mm. to, be, to be honest. And um, it's weird because I, I think probably as a Wales fan, you have a sensation that you've done well to get a point out of it, but you could have actually won it in, in, in mm. the end, which is a, a weird feeling because um, the States faded quite badly. Um, I, I mean, going back to, to Bale briefly, did anyone else think that when there was the Kiefer Moore moment where they were clearly going to have to bring on Kiefer Moore and have a bit of a go at him, that they might be better bringing off Bale than Dan James? I mean, I know he scored the goal eventually, but you think, okay, like more for the physicality and winning the headers. And of course, he had that header from the corner that, that, that he could have scored. And, you know, James, obviously, we've celebrated the fact on the ramble that he just runs very very well and he does <laughs> run very very well unfortunately Bale doesn't anymore which is the, the the main issue you know he had that sort of pinch hit a role in the MLS final as as, as, as well so um you know I, d- I did half wonder about that but you, you know the, the thing that really struck I me about this game I never see them not taking Gareth I no, never I, see them taking Gareth Bale off that's the I'm thing not, yeah. I, f- I think that's the thing it's symbolically awkward it's like it's a bit like Portugal shouldn't start with Ronaldo, but they're going to start with Ronaldo. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. But um, in terms of, you know, th- there's been such a, um, a thing about the atmosphere. And I think it's, it's not just a, a, a Qatar World Cup thing. You know, the, 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 the fact that, you know, the atmosphere feels a little bit 
artificial you know you don't feel that that passion in the stadiums and there was definitely that in russia as well um you know partly because of um the country hosting it and uh, partly because it's so bloody expensive for for, for fans to get here but you know there are a lot of wales fans i saw on the on on the metro on the on on the way there and on the way back as well later from where i'd been watching the, the the usa wales game and um there is nothing like the atmosphere that the Welsh fans bring to a stadium. You know, that really came across yeah. on, on, on the telly coverage, I thought. And mm. they could all sing as well. It's, <laughs> it's like having 4,000 Tom Joneses. <laughs> Every Welsh person can sing. It's like the Japanese in karaoke. Every Japanese person can <laughs> sing beautifully, but the Welsh have this beautiful timbre to their to their singing. It's fantastic. It's amazing. No problem with the um, with the um, the head count on this one, though, in terms of the stadium capacities. Because have you have you noticed this has been a bit of a theme throughout the tournament so far, where the attendances have been completely wrong. Like oh, they've been they've been over announcing the attendances. It's, it's, it's Vince McMahon esque in the WWE. <laughs> they always sort of uh, they always they count uh, people who sell refreshments. They say they count security, <laughs> and and so it means that when you know in the eighties when they were getting these massive you know sixty thousand eighty thousand people in stadiums and stuff like they. They were lying about how many people they got through the door. So when yeah. they legitimately beat that number, mm-hmm. and they could be something to be proud of, they couldn't really say <laughs> that because they, they, they'd, they'd lied in the first instance. It's, so it's a bit funny. of a mess. Yeah, it's I Arsenal mean, the, in the League Cup, basically, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically. The, the attendance for the Senegal-Netherlands game, which we'll come on to talk about in a minute, was announced at, as 41,000, mm. but the stadium only holds 40,000. <laughs> oh, well, no, it did another one. Uh, there was yeah. another game. I think the capacity was announced as like 67,000 or something. Uh, but the capacity for that stadium was only 60,000. It's finger in the air stuff, it really 7, is. 7,000 yeah. people. But there was rumours that like a lot of the stadiums, they just they just stopped just te- checking tickets anyway. So mm. there could have been oversubscription, but you look at these stands and that's not the case for a lot yeah. of the matches. Yeah, exactly. Um, going back to the Gareth Bale penalty moment, um, we've had um, one of the Ramble listeners <laughs> tweeted yesterday saying, um, this is a KSJ49, by the way, uh, Twitter handle, um, thanks for this, saying, Walker Zimmerman should have his pony tail cut off after giving away that <laughs> penalty. It's quite burlesque, isn't it, I suppose? Very similar hair. It is, actually. You, you know what? Yeah. I, I have to say, uh, KSJ, I don't agree with that at all because if you remember the 2006 World Cup final when Mauro Camoranesi got his cut off in the centre mm. circle, I think you have to win the World Cup to have your forced haircut. Definitely yeah, okay, not after yeah. giving away a penalty. I think that's, that's why Badger skied that penalty that time. He didn't want his rat's tail chopped off. <laughs> exactly. What did we make of USA? Because I thought um, first half they they looked really vibrant. I thought they looked mm. exciting, um, and I, I thought they 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 played quite well in that first half. I don't know whether some of that was down to Wales being quite poor in the first half. Because I think when Kiefer Moore came on in the second half, he made a massive difference to Wales. But um, yeah, I actually I liked the look of the USA in the first half, and I think they'll be disappointed that they couldn't get that second goal and, and yeah. maybe get all three points from this See one. Off the game. I think with with the US, it it looked like they were applying some kind of press, but it wasn't. It was just an absence of any pressure for, for, from 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 Wales taking the ball back, really. So yeah, it's hard to know. Um, it's hard to know where. It, it, it's easier to know where Wales are at this point, who I think played quite poorly, than it is to to know where uh, the US are at the moment because they just didn't face anything really until the last. 20 minutes and yeah. uh, I don't know nice to see DeAndre Yedlin not seen him for a while yeah. down in, in, into Miami at the moment He's N- uh, nice goal from Timothy Weir as well Yeah, it was a good little Lovely. finish wasn't it Andy yeah it really was and he's been globally very very disappointing for for, for Lille um, mm. so it was a good finish um, I, I 
liked um, Yunus Musa a lot, who I think will be, I think it will mm. be good at this tournament for as long as the the, the US are there. I mean, he's he's fascinating to me because he's he's New York born. Um, he played for the England age group teams, and like if you hear him speak, he sounds like he's from Hackney, basically. <laughs> and um, he's been at Valencia a while now, and and, and done pretty well there. And that extra bit of energy and inventiveness i mean that, that, that's where you've always felt that like previous u.s world cup teams have, have been a little bit short you know they've been ridiculously fit but maybe not had that bit of extra guile whereas i think if you look at, at pulisic if you look at musa there's, there's the potential for them to to improve and especially with the iran display i don't think it's mm. off the cards for the usa to get out of this group well, I was I was intrigued actually. Now that we've seen every team in in England's group play, do we do have we found anything more out? Because I think everyone's always expecting that England would probably top this group and and get through to the knockout stages. And it was always going to be a bit of a toss up between I think everyone else is assuming USA and Wales. Yeah. It would be a toss up mm. between the two of them. Have we found anything more out? Do you think, Andy, or are we still sort of undecided on who it might be? I think I think a lot, Jules. I mean, I'm still I'm still undecided, definitely, because I think. Um, if if you look at say England will want to get it over the line a, against the US and maybe that plays for Wales you know maybe like it enables Wales to get something out of England in that yeah. in, the, in that third game but you know you um, look at Iran and like uh, a historically and b historically under Carlos Quiroz who is one of the dullest coaches out there you <laughs> so think you think yeah. defending 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 but uh, mm. I mean they, they couldn't do that anywhere near competently against England although England were excellent so already uh, Iran have underperformed and US in terms of what I was expecting of them certainly for the first half or first like 60 minutes of that game I've, I felt overperformed a little bit I, I wasn't expecting anything from them at all to be honest so um yeah, like, like I said, I, re I, reckon, I reckon the US can do it. Mm. Mm. A lovely moment, wasn't there? Nico Williams, he got quite emotional at the full-time mm. whistle because he, he played the game despite the fact that his granddad passed away just the day before. That's um, absolutely heartbreaking. You yeah. imagine his granddad was there with him in spirit and obviously yeah. a big supporter of him. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really sad to see. But they, they got a point and, and, and Nico Williams inexplicably managed to play it, it, amazing, it under those conditions. It? Incredible, mm. really. Yeah, he looked so emotional at the end. But um, yeah, it's a um, very emotional moment for him and I'm sure all his family as well mm. to see him playing in a World Cup at, at that age as well. Just amazing. Um just a, just a couple of things that uh, have come out after the game as well. It was reported that some Wales fans had their LGBTQ plus rainbow bucket hats confiscated at the stadium. Mm. Um, rainbow Wall, who are the Wales LGBTQ plus supporters group, said that news on the ground was that the Welsh female supporters wearing their bucket hats were having them taken off them. Not the men, <laughs> just the woman. Do, do you know what's more gay what than? Do you know what's more gay than a rainbow bucket hat? Patriarchal theocracies, because <laughs> the boys are allowed to have all the fun. <laughs> it's boy time, no girls. Boy time, they get to play with their hats. But it's just, it, it's, it's like you spoke about the wrestling a little earlier on. Like when um, they do the wrestling shows in in Saudi Arabia in Riyadh, um, the women have to wear head to toe kind of like uh, clothing, so you can't see any skin. 
but the boys, the boys are allowed to uh, show off their muscles and their nipples, and uh, you can see the Undertaker's balls through his pants if you really want to. <laughs> his cold dead balls. Um, it's oh just, God. it's just religious <laughs> fundamentalism. They don't realise it's the most he- uh, like non-hetero thing you can possibly be. <laughs> it's, it's spectacular. I mean, get it, it together. It really the is. the male idea of gay. Anyway. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, the, the, this whole. All of this stuff surrounding the LGBTQ plus community out in Qatar has obviously been a huge, huge talking point. And it was just hours before kickoff between England and Iran that the announcement was made that the seven countries who were all going to wear the One Love armband as part of this One Love campaign, um, they all made a statement and said that they were no longer going to wear these armbands due to the fact that FIFA said that they would be sanctioned and that the captains wearing the armbands would be booked. So I think we saw on the pitch yesterday that Harry Kane didn't wear the armband, neither did Gareth Bale or Virgil van Dijk. They were three of the countries that were due to wear this armband as part of the campaign. And obviously just hours before kickoff, that all changed, Pete. Um, Did they do the right thing? Uh, no, I don't think they didn't, and you know I'll, dis- I'll respectfully disagree with the, with the lads on the ramble yesterday. And I kind of understand it because it was fresh after the England match. We just absolutely hammered Iran, and that kind of you know that that that, that shaves off a lot of sharp corners. I think with with what happened um, before the match and and, and starting uh, in the lineup stuff. Um, I think we'll look back at this and sort of think that England have have, have I'd say disgraced themselves in many ways. Not necessarily the players' fault. All all in. Uh, but the FA have 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 didn't get the insur- assurances beforehand, so they've forced the England players into this. But not wearing that uh, armband, I think, is, is is shocking. When you when your dad, not your dad, but my dad certainly, <laughs> uh, or the, you know the collective British dad uses words like virtue signalling, um, and you roll your eyes because they sound like a fucking Tory front bencher. Doing this and not wearing the armband and not taking the yellow or taking whatever sanction FIFA were going to throw at them because they've got, lost their bottle completely. You've turned all the good work you've done in other places into a token, a hashtag, yeah. and, and you've left yourself open yeah. for all of this. Especially when you know Gareth Bale uh, got taken out by a USA midfielder uh, for a yellow. There was there's a professional foul that happens every single match for a million different reasons. So players will take yellows for that, but they won't take yellows for. For, for standing up for something they purport to believe in. I, th- I think we'll look back on this tournament and, and, and especially through the lens and in the same match where the Iranians could could find themselves and their families in a whole heap of trouble for what they've done uh, exactly. under, under that regime. Exactly. Very very well said, Pete. And I mean, the whole point of a protest is it's meant to have a consequence, isn't yeah. it? I mean, if, yeah. if, if, you're, if you're that bothered about it, um, before we get to the cumulative booking things, like... Harry Kane could just give the armband to someone else in the next game, couldn't he? Yeah. I, I, th- yeah. I think from, from FIFA's perspective, they just want to brand everything their way, don't they? Because, mm. you know, they they introduced their own armband with a you know sort of mealy-mouthed sort of slogan and, and took it from there. But, it, you know, it was such a small gesture anyway. The fact that they made a fuss about doing it and then didn't actually do it, I, I just thought that, was, yeah. was, was ridiculous. I mean, I, it's... You know, I do have sympathy with that perspective that it shouldn't be on the players to a certain extent. But I was in a press conference yesterday with um, Hugo Lloris before the um, France-Australia um, game, which I'm, I'm going to later on. And um, 
you know, he just pulled out the line again about, you know, we, we just want to get on with the football now. And, you know, it's, 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 it's not up to us to, to, to talk about it. And it's an Eddie Howe special. Yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, I have sympathy from the perspective that, say in Lloris's case, um, you know, Emmanuel Macron, you know, the president who's meant to set the moral tone, whether you like mm. it or not, for, um, for, for, for the country, has, has said, oh, we need to concentrate on the football, which is absolutely pathetic, mm. by the way. But, you know, the, the, the fact is, we have seen any sort of even incremental change in football over the last couple of years, whether it be... Um, Raheem Sterling, for example, it's always been the players going, you know, actually, fuck the machinery of all this. We need to deal with this. We need to to use our voices. And, you know, even even if it shouldn't be their responsibility, th the opportunity is there. Mm. Yeah, there seemed to be a feeling, didn't there, when, when that announcement was made that they weren't going to wear the armbands anymore. There seemed to be a feeling that... Um, it was almost like they felt like they were backed into a corner and it was the only option they had because they were, it almost, the statements almost felt like they were in, they were in fear. Like, what would these sanctions be? Will it mm. be more than just a yellow card? Will it be something else on top of that? Will the player be banned, for example? And obviously no team wants to have their captain banned. As Andy said, there is, there's a way, there would have been a way of doing it where you could just hand the armband over to someone else, for example, if that's what you wanted to do in the, in the games to follow so that the same player didn't pick up the booking again. But I also saw a journalist um, make the point that FIFA actually don't have technically the ability to book a player because those laws of referees bookings come from IFAB. Is that, is that right, Andy? Yeah, there's, or is there's, that... no, there's no actual provision in the rules for you to be booked yeah. for that. I, I don't really understand how it, how it would have worked. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And especially if, especially if like England said, I mean, there are lines of communication between the Dutch FA and the English FA. They could just go, all right, we're all doing it. We're yeah. all doing it. Mm. We've all made these noises. We've all got these campaigns. We've all got these initiatives that dictate that, that we have to do the right thing. And it's still so very small. It's wearing a fucking mm. armband. It's it's taking a yellow, taking yeah. even it's a fucking red. Jesus, yeah, Louises. And then the nature of this World Cup is there's going to be political stories in every single game before every single match mm. because the nature of having this World Cup in Qatar means that these things are going to happen. Well, on the subject of FIFA, mm. cast your minds back to 2015. FIFA funded and released a film called United Passions. <laughs> um, the film is all about the history of FIFA and it's widely considered to be one of the worst films ever made. So, mm. Pete, you and Luke <laughs> decided to watch it. Here's a clip from the return of Pete's Film Club. The time is now, my friends, to seize the moment and, and create something. But what? A world championship. He's mad. No, he's a visionary. What the fuck <laughs> is that? He's mad. No, he's a visionary. Um, so, Jules Jules is, is is about to get into a car, and they're sort of going, "Oh, we've got a, we've got this um, federation, but we don't know what to do with it. How are we going to become more famous as our federation?" And 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 Depardieu, Jules says. Oh, we all have a World Cup. And they go, oh, what a visionary. Imagine a federation that looks after football teams having a football match. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. Wild. Where did they get these space yeah. ideas? Yeah. Brilliant, Pete. Yeah. Um, I mean, the film wasn't brilliant. I don't think me and Luke were brilliant because <laughs> of it, to be quite frank. What an absolute 
Load of nonsense. Um, <laughs> we're going to be uh, bringing back reviews of football's most beloved and most hated appearances on the big screen every Sunday on the Football Ramble Patreon throughout the World Cup. To get mine and Luke's review of United Passions this Sunday and more bonus weekly episodes. Oh, me and Andy talking about Quincy M.E., the episode where he <laughs> yes. saved the World Cup from botulism. <laughs> uh, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble and sign up for a mere $5 per month. You'll also get ad-free ramble shows. It's a great deal. And you can find the link in our show notes right now. Lovely stuff. Mm. Uh, lots to look forward to with the Rambo. In fact, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will focus on Netherlands' win over Senegal. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's not take the piss here. I, I certainly wasn't. Well, I think you are. I love it. Welcome back, guys. Um, Let's get back to the rest of yesterday's action. Um, Senegal, nil, Netherlands, two. A good win for Netherlands in the end, but they did leave it late. Very late, in fact. Uh, Gakpo with the goal in the 84th minute. He looks a good player, doesn't he? And uh, Klassen scoring in the 99th minute to make it 2-0 to Netherlands. Um, I actually, I quite enjoyed this game. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I, th- I think any sort of, um, I think any sort of match that ends that, that ends so late, what was it, the 84th minute that uh, Gakpo yeah. uh, scored? Like, and with a spinny header. I love a spinny header yes. where yes. He's sort of, when he hits the ball, he's kind of backwards. He doesn't really know where he is. I love those kind of things. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it, Andy? I thought um, I always love watching Senegal at tournaments. And obviously all of the narrative heading into this is um, unfortunately no Sadio Mane for them anymore. But my God, the, the vibrancy that the mm. fans bring and that they brought to that stadium, it was it almost felt to me like that was 
as well as the Wales fans and that we saw in, in the game that we just talked about, I just loved seeing the Senegal fans all dressed up mm. and it was just a, a great sight to see. Unfortunately, they couldn't get the win. <laughs> um, but yeah, what did you think of the game, Andy? Did Netherlands deserve it? Um, I th- I'm not convinced they did, to be perfectly honest. Um, also, since, the, as I was saying earlier, my... Uh, experience of watching the game I've, I've got party up by dmx in my head uh, while, <laughs> while we're discussing it uh, which is is quite difficult to get rid of um you know i, I think you've got to bear what in mind i mean the the, the the netherlands didn't have an effort on target i don't think in until mm. that hatpo goal so mm. um I, I thought they were a little bit fortunate i I love the way that Van Hal mixes it up and thinks, mm-hmm. let's go a bit more direct. He does stuff that other Dutch coaches would not dare to do. He just doesn't give a shit. And He's he, just ne- Louis Van he Gaal, never isn't has. He? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I do think, though, with, with Senegal, they're, they're unfortunate because um, I thought they, they really had their moments, especially in the first 70, 75 minutes. And, you know, you just can't get away from the man A question. You don't want to make it that simplistic. But, mm. you know, you're talking about one of the best players in the world and all of a sudden the African champions have got no way of, of replacing him. I mean, you look at how they nominally replaced him. They realised they couldn't get a like for like. So they thought, oh, actually, we could do with an extra left back as cover. So they brought in a left back for, for Sadio Mane when they had to do a replacement in, in, in the squad. But talking to left backs, the, the, the reason they did that is because the guy they had as first choice, Ismail Jacobs, who um, ended up playing the game, on the morning of the game, he still didn't have FIFA clearance to, to actually play for Senegal because, yeah. you know, he's, he's got uh, one Senegalese parent was um, uh, born and brought up in, in Germany, plays in France now. And despite having been with the squad, etc., um, it was assumed like the night before the game that he was he was out. So imagine waking up on the morning <laughs> of a World Cup game thinking, oh, just uh, rock up in my tracksuit and, and watch the lads tonight. It's, you're playing. Very exciting. So basically what you're telling me, Andy, is... Um... I've got a chance. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> That's a remarkable story, though. And then he ends up playing the. I mean, wow. That's, yeah. that's quite something, isn't it? I, I think. I think them losing as well uh, means that um, it's one of the eye for Sami Eto'o, really, who's <laughs> predicted <laughs> on the African side's top in the group. He's going to be very upset. It's brilliant, isn't it? Um, Louis Van Gaal. At the end of the game, um, he said. We were fitter. The Senegalese every two minutes were lying on the ground, which is why we played an extra eight <laughs> minutes. To be fair, there's been a lot of stoppage time in this World Cup. It's not bizarre to have eight minutes at the end of uh, the halves. It's been ridiculous how much extra time we've had. <laughs> watching the England game, I was actually I was watching it in the pub. Yeah. I had to get through three scotch eggs in the... In the <laughs> you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do any of that. <laughs> I didn't have to, but... Big yard of scotch eggs you've got lined up on the bar. How good is a proper scotch I egg, love scotch You know, egg like, when, like the, when it's black been pudding? baked... Oh, it didn't have black pudding in this Well, one. if you've got black pudding in it, that's your, that's your oh. primo scotch egg, to be oh. quite frank. Yeah. See, if, if you're going to go... It's a bit runny. If you're going to go for that many, might I suggest as a sort of solution... Well, really, it's a travel solution. I once saw at a service station a scotch egg bar... Yes, Sorry, I, I, I think Ginsters were doing it. Yeah, Ginsters were doing them for a while. Yeah, that. What, how does that work? It's, it's, well, it's, 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 it's easy to hold, easy to dip. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Easy no. to throw at your friend if you wait, want to do that. I don't know. A scotch egg has to be round. 
I don't know, but I like a long, long, a nice long egg. I, I mean, you're not going to get a nice <laughs> runny, a, a nice runny. You're not going to get a nice runny, uh, long Scotch egg bar, but they are easier to eat because like they're sort of. It's like eating a cream egg. Sometimes difficult. You got done. Yeah. You, you, there's there's that kind of like tendency to jam the whole thing in your mouth and. I can't, I can't be dealing with a Scotch egg bar. That sounds disgusting. We're going to find you a gin to Scotch egg bar. Uh, you know what? I'll give Jenny and Fantino. Give it a go. Gianni Inventino has quite a coney head. Would we call him a long egg? <laughs> yeah, he does have quite a long egg, yeah. I'd yeah. rather not go anywhere yeah. near Ugh. Gianni Infantino's head. <laughs> um, but speaking of all those extra minutes, there mm. has been a total of 65 minutes added on to the four matches that have been played so far. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, there's. I mean, to be fair, in the England-Iran match, there were two lengthy injuries. Yeah. But still, I feel like that these games are just lasting forever. I mean, the fact that Klassen scored the um, second goal for the Netherlands in the 99th minute, that yeah. game went on as well. It's we, just... we had, in the England game, we had time Madness. to replace three goalkeepers, I thought. <laughs> and I said, the Iran goalkeeper just got more handsome and handsome. I was like, I want to see who's on the bench. Give me another one. <laughs> Give me another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, sadly, though, speaking of injuries, um, Kiate was was stretched off for Senegal um, <laughs> after he got shoved in the bollocks. To be fair, it was it was uh, <laughs> not for girls. This is boy stuff. <laughs> Tear the bucket half, woman. <laughs> Just boy things doing boy stuff. Um, it was wasn't a grab. It was like a push. So I'm I'm struggling to see what the what the hashtag boy things um just just it wasn't a squeeze it was a push so I don't know what I don't know how he managed to not sure would it not I mean, go you guys tell me I don't know yeah I don't know boy I don't things know. boy things <laughs> no girls um not for girls um uh, yeah I don't know how it I don't know how and, and you know if there was another Finn can you come in and just test a few things out please. <laughs> Just push me in the nads. Um, I don't know why. Would the nads what not go below the, anything hard? I don't know. Would they they hang down? So they would they not? Is a younger man than me? So who knows? It's cold. I don't know. What? Can we move on? Oh my god. Boy things. Just, yeah. It's men's matters. It's men's health. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird time to be stuck in a room alone with Donaldson, <laughs> isn't it? It's just me and you. And he's on a long lens. And it's just me and Jules and Pete's talking about his balls. <laughs> I'm texting for help. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. She's pressing the button under the oh desk. Oh, my goodness. I've got <laughs> things. Um, going back to, to, the, to the game, um, remarkable story, this. The goalkeeper for Netherlands. Mm. Andreas Noppert, he has the most amazing story, Andy Brassel, doesn't he? Um, he made his debut for the Netherlands yesterday and made some important saves. He's 28 years old, so he's not young. But the reason he made his debut is because, basically, Netherlands don't really have many options when it comes to no. goalkeepers. And he's only actually made 51 professional appearances in his career, and 34 of those have come in the past year. And this is a footballer who's 28 years old. He mm. actually almost came away from the game um, within the last year because it just wasn't really happening for him mm. um, and decided he was going to become a policeman. And now look at him. He's playing in a World Cup, keeping a clean sheet on his debut, Andy. It's an insane story, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I really like the idea of like maybe he would work with Ian Dezu if he was going to become <laughs> a, a a genuine cop. You know, the the guy who used to play for Wigan who went on to be a, a, a murder cop. Yes. I mean, that, that, that would be a step up from Quincy, 
Uh, I, I think it's <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say. But this is this is kind of like if if Tony Warner had become like the national team goalkeeper or or, or something like that, isn't it? If we we go back a couple of years, but. It's, it's funny, I can understand in this situation why one of the big things from the Netherlands squad announcement is uh, Louis van Gaal, well, you know when he said he, he rung up the players when they were naked early in the morning and caught them <laughs> on the hop, especially the ones to tell them they weren't in the squad. And apparently, uh, Jasper Sillison was really quite angry when he didn't get picked because he left his lovely life in Spain where he'd been playing for Barcelona and Valencia, albeit in a largely reserved capacity, to get first team football um, back at uh, NEC Namigan, I think it was. And right. um, yeah, he, he still didn't get picked. So I think he was really annoyed that he'd left behind his dream Spanish life to play some games and he didn't get selected <laughs> at, at, at the end of it. But but the Nopper story is very nice. I want to see a six foot eight uh, policeman though. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the crimes up high. <laughs> Top shelf crime. Madness that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Van Gaal was also asked about Memphis Depay's new track, which mm. he released on the day that the squad was announced. Uh, but he cut off the question. He said, I don't listen to that. Not my type of music. <laughs> I think that's fair, isn't it? <laughs> You're a big years. fan of Memphis's music, Andy. Oh, obviously. Great flow. Obviously. Great, great flow. <laughs> I, th I think he's, he's up there as far as Dutch rappers go. Um, obviously, Ryan Barbel, I'm a fan. Royston Drent, he could spit some mm. bars in his day, couldn't he? Do you remember Jürgen Lacardia of Brighton? He released a couple of tracks. Oh, that was, that was more R&B, wasn't it? He, yeah, he, it was. he was like, if you're looking at um, like Dutch footballer rappers as odd future, he's very much the Frank Ocean of the operation, Jürgen Lacardia, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> Nice. Uh, um, right, well, if you're watching this World Cup, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it all. Show mm. at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. We'd love to hear everything um, you're thinking about all the games and everything that's yes, going please. on off the pitch as well. So uh, why not get in touch with us? We'd love to hear from you. Um, it's now time for Betfair's popular bet builder. Now, when you bet fair on the World Cup, you can use Betfair's handy app to place your bet builders and you can get your hands on some pretty decent handouts as well. Every day this week, you can get a completely free £2 bet builder on any World Cup match. So you can pick any match this week and place a £2 bet builder absolutely free of charge. How lovely. Uh, so we're here to place our very own Ramble popular bet builder for today's big game. That is France versus Australia, which Andy's going to a little bit later on. Um, Pete, you're up first. So what mm. are you going for? We're going to build our bet all together right now. I'm going to go for France to be leading at half time. It's the opener. You want to set your stall out. And uh, I mean, their team is disgusting. It really is. It makes me feel <laughs> sick. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to be leading at half time. <laughs> yeah. Andy? Well, obviously, France have uh, got a lot of absences and they're going to recalibrate a little bit. So I don't see them going completely crazy in this. And I don't see Australia scoring at all. So I'm going under 2.5 goals. OK, I like that. Uh, Jim has picked Mbappe to score any time. Like that from Jim. And uh, I've followed suit with Jim and I think Olivier Giroud is going to get the assist for Mbappe's goal. So I've gone for Giroud to assist at any stage during the match. So that is our bet builder. A £5 bet on that one will return £258.58p. And if we win, all of that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK. Remember, you can place a £2 bet builder on the game or any game this week absolutely free. There is maximum one free £2 bet per customer per day. And it applies to any bet builder on any World Cup game from the 20th to the 26th of November. It's pretty good, that. Minimum combined odds, 1.5. Eligibility criteria and terms and conditions apply. For more info on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org.
Uh, right, that is pretty much it for us today. That was fun, boys. Um, Andy, enjoy France-Australia later. Thank you. Pete, good to see you as always. We're going to be back tomorrow to review that match between France and Australia and all the best action from today at the World Cup where we're hearing that Messi has already scored. He's on the <laughs> score sheet for Argentina. Of course he is. Um, we're going to be with you every day throughout the group stages, so make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to today's Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Bye. <laughs> the football ramble is a stack production and part of the acast creator network